Hi, this is Andrew Lotto. Welcome to another edition of Sadistically Speaking. This is episode 18, which I'm entitling, I Wish People Treated Science Like Sports. And in this discussion, I'm going to try not to over-geek things. I'm going to talk about sports and science, and hopefully I won't go too far geeking out on either of them. Now, obviously, there's not necessarily a complete overlap between sports and science acumen demonstrated by our revered Dr. Fauci's first pitch at the baseball game. I had a colleague once who was a really good clinical uh, psychologist, scientist, and he actually taught the statistics course uh, to the graduate students, and he decided he'd sexy it up by adding in some baseball statistics. Apparently, that would make him more uh, approachable if he actually included that. So he wanted to talk about differences in the, in the hitting average for different players. Uh, unfortunately, what he referred to as a hit was any time the baseball was hit by a bat, uh, which would include foul balls and flyouts, etc. And of course, to get in your hitting average, you actually have to get on base safely. He didn't realize that. I took him to a professional baseball game, in fact, and he uh, was dismayed that the hitters kept hitting the ball to where the fielders were who would catch it. And he said, wouldn't it be better if they hit somewhere where the fielders weren't? I thought, that's revolutionary. Uh, when we left the stadium, I realized at that point that he didn't know what the final score was, nor who even won the game. So obviously, science and sports don't necessarily have to overlap. But... There is quite a bit of similarity between sports discussions and science. In science, we have testable hypotheses, where one makes a prediction based on previous data and observation, including some theoretical considerations on what is important to predict an outcome, and then you go to see whether it actually predicted the outcome or not. That's a test of the hypothesis. Same thing happens in sports. In sports, however, the predictions are often more specific than they are in science. In science, it might be, I am going to get a significant effect from doing some manipulation. In sports, it's the Packers will beat the Bears by seven this weekend. Now, that prediction about the Packers and Bears is supported by data, such as the Packers have won four of the last five against the Bears. They have a top five offense, and the Bears' secondary gives up an average of over three big plays over 20 yards per game. Plus, the spread of the game is five, but the Packers are 10-3 and three against the spread as home favorites since Aaron Jones joined the team. Okay, first, obviously, I lied about over-geeking. Also, none of what I just said is true. I didn't actually look up any of these statistics, and that's because I believe the Packers will always beat the Bears because God loves me and wants me to be happy. But the point is, is that they're using data, statistics, and theories about what matters in making a prediction. And they can talk about it all day long. These stats include, in fact, things we call conditional probabilities, which is the probability of one event occurring given that another event occurred. And in these sort of next-gen stats that they have, they're full of conditional probabilities. These probabilities are often way too much, this kind of conditional probability, for even people who are trained to be scientists to understand. Uh, I know, having taught many stats courses and research methods courses, that these are difficult concepts for some people in science, but for a sports fan, they're second nature. Now, science also has, in addition to particular small hypotheses, larger theories uh, that have held, been held across time. They may not make a single prediction, but are argued about their truth between scientists. 
and scientists bring different data to, uh, to bear on what they find compelling in terms of these larger theories. Same things happen in sports. Defense wins championships. It's a theory that has survived across sports and eras. There's a lot of arguing about it, and people bring different data to bear on whether they think defense wins championships. So in fact, there's quite a bit of similarity in the discussion of science and sports. Here comes the disconnect. Most people in this country are unwilling to discuss science. They find it esoteric, and they're more willing to rely on so-called experts. Again, the scarecrows, experts, such as Bill Nye, the science comedian, BS. By the way, the BS doesn't stand for bullshit. It stands for the Bachelor of Science, which is the highest degree he ever got. Meanwhile, scientists are actually telling people, just trust us. Just trust us. If you are to disagree with whoever the scientists are that the media decides are this, the science, you are a science denier. As opposed to someone who questions, can you give me the rationale, the argument for why you're saying the things you do? Scientists, and I know this from talking to them, think that the general public can't handle the stats and the data and the numbers. It's too complicated for you. You can't understand it. They know because their own students have problems understanding the stats and numbers. So overwhelmed with stats and numbers? Try a sports fan, asshole. Even a guy who didn't graduate high school, who was sitting, drinking a natty light at the Randy Panther Bar in Buttfuck, Wisconsin, can lay on more stats than you ever could. He knows Jordan's career playoff scoring average. He knows the uh, quarterback rating scale and how it's applied to each player. And trust me, the quarterback scale, or QBR, is more complex than almost any measure ever used in science. It's actually based on a principal component analysis using every quarterback's stat lines as vectors to predict wins. I'm kidding. Uh, That was geeky on science. It's not, but it could be. It would make just as much sense. As I pointed out, they now have what are called second-gen stats that lots of sports fans deal with. Here's here's an example of one. This is a real one. The Dolphins had the AFC's best pass rush in 2018 as pass rushers beat their blocks within 2.5 seconds 60% of the time. That's some complicated crap right there. Uh, They also have models, computer models, that now predict... Uh, make predictions such as Alabama has a 68% chance of winning this weekend. No one worries that sports fans can't handle the real numbers. If you watch ESPN, there's numbers running across every part of the screen that are giving statistics and analyses based on numbers to make predictions. And uh, the sports fans are always dealing with probabilities. We have a problem with probabilities and dealing with ambiguities and the gray areas in science. Uh, When talking to the general population, scientists claim that they need to give yes and no answers. Are asymptomatic COVID carriers contagious? Yes or no? Well, of course, the answer is maybe. Is red meat bad for your health? Maybe. How sure are you of that? I don't know. Those are the sort of answers that actually scientists should give. But they have to get, they give yes and no answers. Yes, masks work. Yes, uh, you can transmit the disease even if you're asymptomatic. 
yes, red meat is bad until, for you until next month when we tell you no, it's not. Sports fans deal with probabilities all the time. Ask a player, what are the chances you're playing this weekend? Uh, 85%. The model gives the chances that some team will make the playoffs is currently 28%. Matter of fact, if you give a sports fan a definitive answer, they will call bullshit on you because they know that there aren't really definitive answers. There are likelihoods that things will happen. They also know that their models, that the computer models that ESPN gives them can be wrong as well even drastically wrong sometimes. They know that the models are based on, could be using the wrong data or based on the wrong assumptions. Trust me, if a model, computer model fucked over sports fans and betters multiple times, it would be tossed. They don't, they're not gonna sit there and go, well, the model said, so it's gotta be true. Now, compare that to, for instance, the current use of the Imperial College model that's used in the news all the time. It's the one that predicted, by the way, that 2 million Americans would die from COVID-19. That number is still used all the time. It's used in the debates. The Imperial College model has been wrong over and over and over again. It's been used in a whole variety of different diseases. It predicted that 50,000 people would die in England from bad cow disease 20 years ago. 50,000. What was the final number? 177. It predicted 150 million people worldwide would die from the bird flu. Final total, 282. If that was a sports model, it would have been tossed the moment it predicted a Detroit Lions Super Bowl victory. That's a sports geek joke. Now, the main difference between sports discussions and science discussions is there's no giving over your opinion with complete faith to the experts. If you were arguing with your buddy and he said that Bob Costas said X something about baseball and therefore it has to be true, you'd say, I don't care if Bob Costas invented baseball. What he says doesn't mean shit. Sports guy will listen to you if you are a player, a coach in a sport or someone who covers the game. But they're, they're not going to go full Fauci on you and build a shrine and assure everyone that whatever you say is the truth. And it doesn't matter. Consensus of opinion doesn't matter. It doesn't matter in sports if there's a consensus opinion of, by the experts. Even if most sports writers think that Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time, it doesn't end the discussion. You don't end the discussion by somebody saying, well, you have to say Michael Jordan is the greatest because the consensus opinion is that he is. You can actually be a Jordan denier. You can present the numbers and the theoretical case for LeBron James or whoever else you want to, because that does not end the debate that there's a consensus. <laughs> I can't wait, though, for Twitter to ban sports tweets that do not conform with the accepted wisdom from ESPN. That's coming. So the fact that sports fans are willing to use numbers, willing to think through things, willing to have the theories, willing to even question the experts, where does your expertise come from, and hold them accountable for making correct uh, judgments. That doesn't happen in science. I wish it did. Now, somebody's going to say to me, I know somebody's going to say, well, I see that there's some similarities there, but the difference is, is that sports isn't as important as science. And that sounds like someone who doesn't know shit about sports. Pass the tequila. Out!